This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Brian Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Are you guys ready to receive from the Holy Spirit today in your life? I believe that uh, he's got a word for you. Amen. And uh, so we're going to continue in uh, some things we've been talking about for the last couple weeks. Um, but before I do that, I want to, I want to, uh, I did talk about the fact that we're going to be starting up small groups here uh, real soon. And so, uh, and when I say real soon, it'll pretty much be after Labor Day in September. And so we've got a table out there that has a listing of some of the groups that, uh, that are going to be meeting. And I'd encourage you to go out there and sign up. If you're interested in hosting, uh, that's what we really have a need for right now is host homes where you'd be willing to open up your home and share your home with uh, uh, some couples to come in. We're going to be uh, looking at a book called Characters King 2, uh, just to specify, because there is two versions of it. You want the second version. But we're going to be looking at it. It's going to be great. Uh, it has so many, so many. I mean, it's just like you, you pick this book up and you just, you can't put it down. And, uh, um, and so we're going to be looking at that. And so I encourage you to go out there and sign up. And uh, if you want to be involved from a, a hosting standpoint, we would appreciate that. We did have two people that, that stepped forward last week and so uh, the more space that we have the more space we have available for people amen and so uh, uh, we want as many people uh, to be a part of that as possible because we we know the value of relationships we know the value of, of uh, coming together and being with one another and growing together spiritually and so uh, that happens when we have space amen so uh, um, so yeah you can go out and sign up when we dismiss here today but today we want to continue talking about uh, wisdom to live well. Uh, we took this from Proverbs 8 here a few weeks ago. In Proverbs 8, it says that uh, in the chapter of uh, Proverbs 8, it says that wisdom is calling out. It's yelling. It's calling and saying, hey, it's trying to get our attention. It's trying to get us to see the way that is right. It actually says, uh, don't miss a word of this. I'm telling you how to live well. I'm telling you how to live your best. How many of you guys want to live well? Anybody in here? I, I want to live well. I want to live my best. But I'm not going to live my best if I am not paying attention to what it is that, that, that wisdom is calling out to me. I'm not going to live my best if I'm not, you know, holding on to it and holding it close and remembering it, reminding myself about it and meditating on it. And so wisdom is calling out. The question is, is are you listening? Are you listening to the wisdom that's being called out? In week one, we talked about the fact that we have to choose, and we all love this word so much, we have to choose discipline yeah, over chasing. We have to choose to be disciplined in every area of our lives. You know, when, we're, when we were younger, you might have parents that, that didn't really, they kind of let you do your own thing. I didn't have that. I had parents that disciplined me. Why? Because I needed it. Well, guess what? When we grow up and we begin to walk as adults, we still need discipline. But unfortunately, mommy and daddy are not there to discipline us. We have to discipline ourselves. And so we talked about that in week two. Uh, we, or last week, we talked about the two types of wisdom. We talked about the fact that, that there's human wisdom that will trap us 
It will keep us or it will take us captive. But the other type of wisdom that we talked about was the wisdom that was from above. And that wisdom is the wisdom that will set us free. And so if you weren't here, I just encourage you to go back and, you know, uh, maybe check it out on YouTube or or a podcast and uh, uh, look at that. I believe you'll be blessed by it. Today, though, I don't really have... I don't know, I looked for a title and I was like, the only thing I could come with with was wisdom, ask yourself this. So say it with me, ask yourself this. (laughs) One more time, ask yourself this. That's the title of today's message, ask yourself this. So, uh, you know, I was like, well, we could go, because essentially what I have is, is I have four questions and three answers. And you're gonna think to yourself, well, that's the goofiest thing I've ever heard. I said, I know, I, I thought the same thing. Four questions and three answers. I should have four questions and four answers. But we have four questions that I wanna go over and I have three things that we can do because, um, well, his word's just full of wisdom, amen? So the first thing here is, is, is um, you need to ask yourself this in your notes. You need to ask yourself, do I fear God? Oh, fear. Do I fear God? Well, I guess I think I do. Well, what, what is fear? Well, Proverbs 1, 7 says this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So we've been talking about wisdom for two weeks, okay? We all want to be wise. I don't know that there's anybody in here that wants to be fool, a fool or seen as a fool or not, you know, seen as unwise. We all want to be wise. And, and what Proverbs is telling us is, is that the beginning of that the beginning of wisdom in our lives is when we fear, fear the Lord. And, and so you may be thinking to yourself, well, what is fear? Proverbs 8.13 says that the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Now, we talk about the fact, well, we, we shouldn't hate. The Bible says, you know, not to hate. Well, he, it's telling, wisdom is telling us right here that we should hate evil, which is pride. It's arrogancy and, and the evil way and the froward. I know, I, I said that right. You're thinking forward? You mean forward mouth? No, froward. Froward. It's, it's, I looked it up. It says right here that froward is to be, a froward mouth is to be morally crooked or perverse. That's what it's defined as. And so, you know, what wisdom is saying is, is that if we fear God, we hate evil and we hate perverseness. We hate things that uh, uh, Vines defines as habitually disposed to disobedience, right? And so what's habitually disposed to disobedience? What does that mean? It means that we just habitually habit, out of habit, we just continue to sin. We continue to, to miss God. We continue in our own choice of our own will to go against what it is that we know is true. It's just that's what it means to be habitually against. That, that means that we don't fear God. We don't have a reverence. We don't have an awe. We don't, we don't respect or honor him for that. How many of you guys remember when you guys were growing up the the teacher that would you could just get away with anything right i mean you could you could do anything and you could push their buttons and you you i mean i feel i you know looking back i feel sorry for some of those teachers because i mean if the kids were were habitually disobedient they knew it why because there was no backing and so they would threaten they would threaten they would threaten but there would be no follow up now I don't remember a teacher that, that I, there were some teachers that I respected and honored, but there was, the one that stood out to me was not a teacher, it was a bus driver. 
And I mean to tell you, if you got, if this man was driving your bus, you did not, I repeat, you did not screw around because this guy had been known to grab little tykes and put them up against the wall. (laughs) And so when you know that you run the risk of being put up against the side of a building, there is what? There's an awe, there's a respect, right? For this man that, well, in today's day and age, he'd be in prison, but, but you know, maybe we need a little more of that. And that's, you know, we laugh about the fear of God, but I'll tell you what, man, the fear of Bernard, I won't name his last name, but man, <laughs> Bernard, he was, there was fear there. I'm talking about the fear of God, though. Because if we, it wasn't, you know, yeah, he was maybe mean, but he would do what he said he was gonna do. And God is gonna do what he said he's gonna do. His word, his principles, their spiritual laws, and and we have to operate that way. Another way of, of doing it is his reverence is a deep respect. How many of you guys, like when I was little, I, I kid you not, I really feel like my dad was trying to teach me a lesson, but my mom would send me to the basement to get whatever it was, you know, some canned good or pop or whatever, and there was this one light switch and it was just far enough out there where you had to reach for it, but the, the light switch didn't have a plate on it. So I mean to tell you, you're kind of hanging out there, you're looking for the light switch in the dark, and you get your finger in there, you know, one of those things. (laughs) There was a reverence for the power in that plug. I mean to tell you, there was a reverence when you went out to, to, because here's the thing, power has the ability, I mean, it's amazing, right? I mean, you guys all got ready this morning, you had hot water, you blew your hair dry, you did all those things, you know, starting to get cold outside, you're gonna be glad you got it, you know, power because it's heat, but right on the other hand, what can power do? It can kill you, it can hurt you. I can remember uh, when, I was, when I was a teenager working here, uh, there was a man named uh, Jerry Van Zandt, Jerry taught me a lot of things in his time when he was here, but the one thing, he was a fire chief for a lot of years, and uh, um, anytime we were running cables in this building or doing things, you know, or it involved the power, he would always take me over and stand me right in front of this, you know, the power panel. He's like, listen, I want you to understand and respect the power that's in here, because I have seen power jump out of a power panel that, uh, when a guy's standing close and electrocute him. And I mean, that, that just did something on the inside of me. I mean, it was just like a reverence. Since even to this day, you know, when it comes to power, I don't claim to know everything, but I gotta tell you, between sticking my finger in a light, a light socket and Jerry, Jerry Van Zandt, I understand and reverence power. And we too, When it comes to the things of God, we should fear God because we understand and there's an awe, there's a a deep respect for for what it is. And so I think the problem is is that people today, they've lost this fear. That's why I'm asking you the question, do do I fear the Lord? Do you reverence God? Do you reverence who he is? Do you reverence his power? Do you reverence his principles? The things that that are, are plain in his word. Because if you don't, then you don't fear God. And if you don't fear God, then this whole idea of of living 
well because of wisdom, it can't begin in your life. You're, gonna, you're not going to live well. You're not going to live your best if you don't properly fear the Lord. King David said it this way, blessed is the man or the woman who fears the Lord and who delights greatly in his commandments. So a step past respecting God is delighting, being happy about the fact that, you know what, Lord? I just delight in the fact that you're, what you've told me to do. I'm gonna do that. That is an honor, that is a respect for him. I like what Proverbs 9.10 says. It says that for the reverence and the fear of God are basic, okay? They're basic to all wisdom. And look, look, look at this, this is good. Knowing God's results is uh, uh, in every other kind of understanding. So knowing God results in all other areas of our life. We're talking about wisdom and, and the fear of God, but once we kind of have a grasp on that and we're doing that, then it opens up our lives when it comes to these other areas and having an understanding and having wisdom in other areas. And so Proverbs 1, 7 says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, which is what we've based this whole point of do you fear God? But look at what it says here at the last part of this verse. It says that fools despise wisdom and instruction. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So, so you could ask yourself the question, do you, do you despise wisdom or, or do you despise instruction? And now I know you know, despise is a very, very strong word. But when I think about when my kids were younger, there was one thing that I despised, okay? One thing, very, very simple. It's when we had a birthday or Christmas and they would get these toys that had somewhere in the neighborhood of 4,000 parts. You guys remember that? Anybody in here? Anybody ever had kids? And you slide this thing out and some poor person had to like tape and wire all of these parts in there. So that's the first part that's just frustrating. But once you got all the parts laid out there, what do you gotta do? You gotta get the directions out. And I don't know if it is because I'm a man or just what, but man, I despised these instructions. And, and, and I don't know a guy in here that doesn't just like, they, because they despise the, ah, what do we do? We just throw it away. We're just like, I don't need that. And then you head off down the road, putting this thing together. Next thing you know, you did it wrong. And you got 4,000 parts that have been supernaturally snapped together because they're built out of plastic. And you got to tear the thing apart. And then you got to get the instructions out. Anybody understand what I'm talking about? We're talking about despising. Well, I, and, and you might sit there and you might think, well, I don't despise. No, there, there is. Here, let me, let, me, let me put it to you this way. When I get those those, those uh instructions to these children's toys. What do I say out loud? I really don't care about this. I don't really care about this. Our, and we dismiss, we dismiss the instruction. Uh, we, one other thing, those don't matter. I don't need those. I can do it on my own. Have you ever said those things to yourself? Because if you're saying those things to yourself, you're despising and being a fool and you're not open to instruction. And so that first question is, is do you fear the Lord? Because you have to uh, uh, really identify yourself in this and understand, okay, I get it, I get it. Because it leads me to number two, and that is, number two question is, am I teachable? Am I teachable? Because if you despise the instruction, you're like, I don't need that, I'm gonna do it on my own, what does that say? It says, I'm not teachable. I don't need to know, I don't need, I don't need understanding, but Proverbs 1.5 says it this way. I want those that are already wise 
okay, if you're already wise, to become wiser and become leaders by exploring the depths and the meaning of the nuggets of truth. Here's some other version. What are we saying here? Become even wiser or to add to your learning in the NIV or to continue to learn. So does that mean that I get to just stop learning? No, it's saying here, I can be wise, but listen, you gotta keep learning. Add to your learning. Add, continue, become even wiser. And so my question is, is are you continuing to learn or have you stopped? Another way that, that it's not in your notes is, are you spiritually growing? Is there growth in your life? And, and we'll ask some questions to help you identify that is uh, here just shortly. It says, so how do we learn? Like, it's like, okay, Brian, maybe I'm not teachable. How is it that I learned? You guys remember in James, it tells us to do what? It tells us to look intently, look carefully into the perfect law of liberty, or look carefully and intently into the word of God. And so the problem is, is, is that we hear, but we don't do. And that's what that verse of scripture talks about there in James. We hear and we don't do. And, and so when we hear and we don't do, what is it like? It likens us into when we look into a mirror and we forget what we look like and we go the other way. So James is saying, listen, the person that, that hears the word, you guys are all sitting here hearing, and we're talking about being teachable, but you're hearing, if you hear it and don't do it, you're likened unto the man that looks into a mirror and forgets what kind of man he is. And so when I think about forgetting something, when I think about the, if I forget something, it's, it's not valuable, right? It's, it's, it's just, if I forget that I need something, it's, it's just not valuable. Here, here's something I got. I got this dime. Now, if I were to give this, this, this dime to Brian, you know, you know, he, he lost it, it went on the floor. Now here's the thing, it's, it's really not a big deal because it's a dime. I mean, there's a little bit of value to it, but what's the value in a dime? What are you gonna buy? I mean, you used to be able to buy a gum, gumball for that 10 cents, right? Now, if I, if I handed him this, a $100 bill, okay? If I handed that to them, <laughs> what do you think he's gonna do? He's gonna pay attention. He's gonna intently hold on to that $100 bill. Why? Because that thing has some power to buy something for him, to get something for him, and the 10, 10 cents that's somewhere on the floor somewhere, doesn't matter. But this, I gotta give that back to Kayla, thanks. Um, <laughs> my point is this, if you're teachable, you value God's word right? If you're teachable, you value his word. You value what it says. You don't, you, you, when you come to it and you open it up, it's, it, you don't approach it like it's a dime. You don't pro approach it like it doesn't have any power to do anything for you. You approach it with the hundred dollar mentality that it's like, I'm going to hold on to this. This sucker has power. This thing has ability to buy something. This has ability to change something in my life. And so if we're teachable, we value God's wisdom. And if we value his wisdom, this is where it gets fun. We, uh, we allow the word to correct. We allow the word to mold. We allow the word to perfect our mind and our character. Because the value is in what it, its ability. 
right? The, the word of God, it says is sharp, and I don't want to get off on that, but the ability that is in the word of God, it is the only thing that can change us from the inside out. You can read books that, that, is, that are based on human wisdom, and we see sales that are out the roof on, based upon that, but his word has the ability to change things inside of each and every one of us that no book on the face of the earth can, and so it's important that we, we apply this idea that his word is valuable. His word is powerful. His word will change me. And so, you know, um, next point here is, is that there is no direction to a destination without correction. So if we, we value his word, okay, we, we value it and there is, there's value in it, but, but his word is designed to correct. His word is designed to change. His word is designed to, to bring the correction in our lives. We went to South Dakota on a family trip this year, and uh, I went the budget route on the UTVs uh, because I was just trying to save, you know, a $100 bill. And uh, so what I didn't know was is that because I went the value route, I didn't get a high-tech screen on the dash that would outline where it was that I was going to go. The guy handed me a four foot by four foot map, said, here you go, have fun. Four foot by four foot, big. He handed it to me. I said, here you go, Andrew. I'm serious, you, you laugh, but Andrew's over there like this the whole afternoon. <laughs> Where are we at, Andrew? I don't know. Here's the point though. Actually, he did know where we were, and thank God he knew where we were, because if it wasn't for him, we would have been out there. We'd still be out there, okay? They would have to send out, send out a rescue crew for us. But, but, you know, my wife's side of the story is it was super frustrating because we were constantly course-correcting. We're looking at it, and he's like, we need to go here, and I'd make the wrong turn, and then I'd feel like, I feel, I feel like I made the wrong turn. Uh, Andrew, did I make the wrong turn? Yes, you made the wrong turn. And we, we did a lot of U-turning that day. Now, if I would have spent the extra money, it would have been glorious, because I would have just been able to follow it, and it would have highlighted my path, and it would have been just great. But that's not what we did. There was a lot of course correcting. But that's what the Word of God does. When we are teachable, there is correction. And so there's no direction in our lives to a destination without correction. And I think sometimes that's where we're at. We think, oh, I'm teachable. Well, no, not necessarily, because if, if there's things that he's been trying to correct, he's trying to get you to go a different way. He's trying to get you to live a different way. He's trying to get you to make an adjustment so that he can get you to the destination. And so it requires us to be intent, like we said, looking intently and carefully at the word of God and, 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 and applying it to our lives. And so when we are teachable, we are correctable. In your notes, when we are teachable, we are correctable. We just, it's like, you know what, Lord, I value this word of God and I know that I need correction in my life and so I'm coming to this, to the word of God today and I want you to correct me, correct my thinking, correct my heart, correct the, the way that I'm talking, correct the way that I'm acting and, and he will because, you know, and, and that's, what it, that's what it does. When we read the Bible, it, 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 we're reading the Bible, but it's reading us helping us to see the things that need to be changed. And so Proverbs 15, uh, 5 says that only a fool despises a father's discipline. Whoever learns from correction is wise. 
So just as we got done saying, if we're teachable, we're correctable, we learn from correction, we're considered wise. And so wise people learn from corrections. Proverbs 21.1 says that whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. So my last point when it comes to this, this idea of am I teachable, right? Number two question, am I teachable, is this. What, what is the way that we become teachable is to empty yourself, empty yourself. I, I referred to this last week, but uh, I want you to see it today with your eyes. It's first Corinthians three eighteen. It says to stop deceiving yourself. I'm just going to let that sit. Stop deceiving yourself. If you think that you are wise, mm, if you think that you're wise by this world's standards, you need to become a fool to truly be wise. For the wisdom of the world is foolishness to God. And so we have to stop deceiving ourselves. You might be saying to yourself, I'm teachable. No, we, you, you, you need to really examine your life. Stop deceiving yourself and ask yourself these, these questions and, and, and empty yourself. Remember the parable of the sower? The, the seed that was sown among the thorns, that the word comes, uh, but it's sown among the thorns of worry, anxiety, uh, uh, deceitfulness of wealth, all of these, these things that what? They choke out the word of God. You know, when you think about the, those descriptions of the thorns or the, the, the things that choke the word of God, they, they are absolutely our own wisdom. They're our own thinking. They're our own concern. They're our own, it's, it's us. It's all us. It's, it's, it's us worrying about and, and thinking, okay, I can do this. If I can do this, if I can do this. And what does that do? It chokes out the word of God. And so we can't base, you know, when we, when we think that way and operate that way, we are basing our life on our own understanding. And we need to empty ourselves of that. Why, why does it say the word of God tells us to cast our cares on the Lord? Cast our cares, give them to him. You know, and, and, and so we, we, what we're doing is, is, Lord, I understand that I don't, there, I don't think correctly. There's things that I'm embracing and things that, the ways that I'm acting, and that's that whole idea of having a correctable attitude. That it's like we're coming to him and saying, help me. Help me to see what it is that I need to see. But unless we empty ourselves, Take, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a, a step of our own will to do that. We have to do it because a lot of times, and we always say it, you know, we, we say this to people, oh, you're just full of yourself or you're just full of it. Have you ever said that to somebody? <laughs> we are, in a sense, we are. And so the word of God is saying, listen, you have to, you have to surrender that to him. You have to surrender that to him and, and, and empty yourself so that he can put into you what it is that, that he wants you to see. And James 1, is actually kind of what we started looking at, but I want to look at it right here. It says, but don't just listen to the word of God. You must do what it says, otherwise you are fooling yourselves. If you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror, and if you see yourself, walk away and forget what manner of man you are. This is what I want you to get to, for 25. But if you look carefully into the perfect law of liberty, it'll set you free. And so we have to look carefully and it'll set us free. And some of us need to be set free from ourself. And we can't be set free from ourself unless we are looking at the perfect law of liberty. And so it's kind of like, you know, you have all seen those illustrations before where 
you have like tinted or uh, dyed water that's dyed red or blue or whatever, and you begin to pour, pour the water in and pour the, water, pour the pure, clean, clear water in, and eventually it just washes it clean, washes it clear, and all of the, the dye is gone. That's essentially what you're doing. You're just emptying yourself saying, Lord, I want to get rid of this. I want to get rid of this. I just want to put your word into my life so that I can be uh, uh, wise. And so I have to be teachable. And so if we're wise, we fear the Lord. If we're wise, we're teachable. If we are wise, we listen and we do something. We listen and we do something. And so that leads me to question number three. And that is, what am I doing with what I'm learning? What are you doing with what you're learning? His word is his wisdom for you, wisdom for today, wisdom for tomorrow. His wisdom is all you need. That's what we talked about uh, uh, last week. But the question is, is what are you doing with it? You know, oftentimes when I hear people talk about the things that the Lord is speaking to them or, or, or situations where he's really spoken clearly and they understand that, I encourage them. I'm like, listen, you need to write that down. Hold it clear, hold it close, and, 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 and do what it is that he's telling you to do. And so no one wants to be a fool. We all want to be wise. But the Bible says that we need to be wise and understand what the will of the Lord is. And so uh, that's the place to start. And I know that sometimes when it comes to um, being wise and understanding what the will of the Lord is, it can be kind of overwhelming. It can be overwhelming in our lives where it's like, you know, man, I got so many things, you know, all these things going on. Where do I start? I got these issues. I got these issues. I got these issues. Where, where do I start? I'm glad that you asked. Uh, so I'm going to give you three things, three wise things that Jesus told us to do. I'm just going to get you started. Man, it's, man, Brian, I'm so thankful that you're going to get me started. <sighs> Number one, these are things that Jesus said about being wise, okay? So we can model our life over these three things. Number one is this. Three wise things that Jesus told us to do. Number one is to be a wise builder. Be a wise builder. You guys remember in Matthew 7, 24, it said that anyone who listens to, the, this is Jesus talking, anyone who listens to these teachings of mine follows them uh, uh, is wise, like a person who builds his house on a rock. So Jesus is saying that the wise person is the wise builder who's building his life on the rock. That person is the person that listens and does, is the wise person. He builds his life on a solid rock, and then when the rains come and the, wa the, the floods rise and the winds blow, what happens? It doesn't fall down. Because the person listens and does, listens and does, listens and does, listens and does. So if I'm a wise builder, I listen and do. Some things about being a wise builder, though, is it's not always fun. Did you know that? It's not always fun. And there's a lot of times where it's hard and it's tiring and sometimes it's not fun at all. I mean, 10 years ago, we built a house and I was just thinking about this and, you know, in the beginning, the idea of being a builder was just glorious. It's like, ah, wouldn't that be great? But I tell you what, you get into the midst of it, it's like, I, I don't like this anymore, right? If you're doing a certain job and you're doing something that's not necessarily fun and you don't really want to do it, you get tired of it. And then when you get to the end of the job, when it's, there's some things that you really want to do, you're wore out and you're tired and you just want to sit down. But when it comes to being a wise builder, you know, it's like, okay, we, we listen to that verse of scripture, and we're like, yeah, man, I'm all in. 
I'm all in, no problem. I'm, I'm gonna listen and I'm gonna do. Well, I'm just warning you that, that being a wise builder, it's gonna take effort. It's gonna be a challenge. There's gonna be work. There's gonna, you know, like we can say what the word of God will do, but man, when Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday rolls around and Thursday, my goodness, I've been up all night with, you know, this, that, and the other, and I've been working hard, and this person didn't show up, and this, this client left me, and by Thursday, it's like, I just want Saturday to be here. And so the priorities shift and we, we, we change the way that we think and we act and we're not so gung-ho to be a listener and a doer of his word. It doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's kids. It doesn't matter if it, whether it's a business or marriage. You know, it's gonna take work to be a wise builder of whatever it is that we're doing. I mean, you take marriage. We, we've, we've been doing a class for feels like ever. Anybody else in here? I was like, man, I don't know that we're gonna do a 12-week class next time. But, but it's been good because there's been so much great content. But I gotta tell you, that great content is great content until it, you, know, you gotta start living it. You gotta start working it. You gotta start doing it. You gotta start you know, putting it into practice. That is this idea of being a wise builder. That's where we're taking the tools that we're getting in a class and we're applying them to our life, applying them to our marriage, applying them to a relationship. Same thing with kids. And, and, and you take any other area of your life, there's gonna be work, there's gonna be tire, and it's gonna, it, you're gonna be like, I don't, I don't know that I wanna be a builder anymore. You know, it's like, oh, I'm good, it's good, right? My wife, she's been on my case. She wants me to paint the house. That's a part of being a builder. It's building, building, working, and ch you challenge. Guess what? I don't want to paint the house. I don't want to paint the house. It's, it's not what I want to do. And, and that's the attitude that we end up with when it comes to being a wise builder or putting, on, putting something on or doing something. I finally hung the doorbell after nine years. That, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> I'm talking about that it's tiring and you just don't want to do it. But if we're gonna be a wise builder, which is what Jesus told us to be, we gotta listen and do, listen and do, listen and do, and there's gonna be times where he corrects you and you're like, I don't know that I really wanna do that. But guess what? Your life's not gonna be what Proverbs says it can be. It's not gonna be well until you do what it is that you need to do. And so be a wise builder is what Jesus is telling us. How are you building your life? How are you working on your life? How are you working on your marriage? How are you working on your kids? How are you working on your grandkids? How are you building? You don't stop. You continue to build, continue to build, continue and work every day. And God will lead you and guide you and direct you. And I mean to tell you, the people that will apply themselves as a wise builder will have blessing in their life, will have blessing in their marriage, will have blessing in their kids. The, they, you will see a change when you are a wise builder as Jesus told us to be. So number one, be a wise builder. The next thing that he told us to do, this is Jesus. Three things Jesus told us to do. He told us to be a wise steward. A wise steward, wow, really? He told us to do that? Yeah, he told us to do that. It says, you remember that story in, um, in Matthew, it says that a man was going to another country and what did he do? He called his workers in. He called three of them in. He said, he, he gave to one of them $5,000, 5, he gave to one of them $2,000 and he gave to another one $1,000. You guys remember the story? The guy with 5,000 and the guy with 2,000, what'd they do? Man, they went to work. 
What'd they do? They were practicing what Jesus just said. And saying. they decided, I'm going to be a wise builder. I'm going to take this money. I'm going to be a wise steward. And I'm going to go out. I'm going to duplicate this. I'm going to invest. And I'm going to, you know, maybe start a business and do this stuff. And it says that they, these men with five and 2,000, what did they do? They doubled what it was that God gave them or what this master gave them. Now, there was the one guy with 1,000. What did he do? He went out. He was afraid. He didn't want, he, he's like, okay, I gotta, I gotta bury this, I gotta hide this, so that when this master gets back, I got what it is that he gave to me. He did not steward what it was that this master, the master had an expectation. The master had an expectation, and the two guys fulfilled the expectation. And so, you know, when it comes to our lives, did you know that you are given according to your building? The Bible actually says it in that verse of scripture that these guys were given according to their ability. The same thing is true for you and I. We are given according to our ability. We're given time, we're given resources, money, a spouse, kids, business, job, life, all this stuff, we're given it. It says, here you go. Just like the master did with these, two, with these three guys. Here's the problem. The problem is, is, is that we don't see things as his, we see them as ours. We don't see things as his. Now remember, the, the point of this is being a wise steward. And, 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 and how we view what it is that we have in our life. We, we go through life and we think, this is mine. This is what I've done. This is who I've married. These are the kids that I have. These are the things that you know, that, that I have worked for, I have strived for, I went to school, I did this, I did this, I did this. And so when we look at our lives as a whole, we see them as ours, we don't see them as his. And if we see them as ours, then we obtain, we obtain them by our own strength, our own ability, and our own power. We wrongly think that it was our doing that got them. If we see them as his, we know that we are simply keepers, just like this story where this master gave. I want you guys to, this week, when it comes to this, I, I really believe that if you will begin to look at your life this way, I know that, that our economy is crazy and things are going nuts and we got inflation and all these things. What? That's whatever. Why? Why do I say whatever? I say whatever because we don't live according to the, 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 the world around us. We're not a part of that kingdom. We're in this world, but we're not of it. And if you don't know that, I'd encourage you to get into the word to discover that in a more real way. Because if you'll, you'll, you'll look at your life, instead of seeing what you have in your life as mine, you won't be like the one, the guy that got $1,000 where you're trying to hold it all to yourself and you're burying it in a hole to hide it. If you see your life and what you have as his, you understand I'm just a steward of it. I'm just a keeper of it. He's coming back one day and he's gonna ask me, he's gonna ask me, what did I do with what I gave you? He's entrusted you and he's entrusted you and he, he is, uh, uh, he's entrusted you as a keeper, but he is expecting a return on what it is that he's given to you and in your life. You're, we're all gonna give an account. 
we're all going to stand before him and we're going to give an account just as, as this parable that Jesus said. The wise steward is the one that comes back and he's like, okay, what'd you do? And so my question is, is how do you view your life? How do you view your spouse, your stuff, your kids, your job, your business? Are they his or are they yours? You know, we live our life like it's mine. It's mine until we have a problem. All this stuff that I have, it's, you know, we're just cruising down the road, this is mine, this is mine, this is mine. And we live that, that, that mentality that everything that I have is mine and we, we're cruising down the road until it all falls apart. And then, and only then, we wanna go to him and we say, I, I need you to fix my problems. I need you to help me right now. And we want him to wave a magic wand and fix it and make it everything you know, better when, when, the, when the problem is, is that we've been living our life like it's ours and not his. And I mean to tell you, if we would just live our lives as a steward of what it is that he has given us, the house that he's given you, the car that he's given you, the money that he's given you, it's not yours, it's his. And when we have that mentality and we have that, that idea that we, we live our lives based on, on the fact that we are a keeper of what it is that he's given to us, we live differently. We, we understand, man, this is yours. And I don't even have to worry because this is yours and I'm just doing, I'm being a steward of it. I'm taking care of it and I'm working. I'm, 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 I'm gonna steward this and make it better and I'm gonna use the gifts that you've given to me and I'm gonna share them with other people and I'm, I'm, this, this, this car that I have right now that I really want a different one, I'm gonna take care of it. I'm gonna wash it. This house that I have that you've given to me, I'm gonna paint it even though I don't want to. We're having a painting party next Sunday afternoon. If y'all come over, I'll supply uh, sandwiches and refreshments. <clears throat> no, but seriously, I, you know, I want you guys to get this because I believe this is probably the, the most, uh, you know, the Lord just really impressed this upon my life, uh, upon this message here. And that is you have to live, if you're living like it's mine, you do it your way. If you're living like it's mine, you treat it your way. If you live like it's mine, you do what you think is best. If you live like it's mine, you lean on your own understanding and not and, and on your own wisdom. And as I said, we want him to fix it. But, but in your notes, it says, live like it's his. Live like it's his because it is. We do it his way. We treat it how he told us to treat it. Husbands, what did he say? Treat and love your wife. You know, we, we understand, God, you gave me this person. You gave this person to me, so now I need to do what you, you told me to do. And, and, and not only that, it says we do, what, what, uh, we do what he tells us is best. We trust in his understanding and his wisdom. And, and it doesn't fail. It actually flourishes and it's blessed and, and it's successful. And it's an example to other people. When we live our life and we understand that we are keepers and stewards of what it is that he's given to us, it is an example. People will walk up to us and they'll be like, how are you doing this in this time and day and age in which we live? Man, my dollar won't go this far. Man, I'm always out. I got, you know, we hear these, we hear this stuff day after day, week after week. Right now, we hear people complaining and going on and on. And they will come to you and they will say, How is are you living like this? And you'll say, 
All I know is, is that I am a steward of what it is that God's given to me. And when I honor him with what it is that he's blessed me in my life, he takes care of the rest. He takes care of the 90% that I need. I need it to go here and I need it to go there. I need it to take care of this and I need it for this bill that is coming in the mail that, that I didn't know about. And guess what? When we honored him and, and we were the steward of the 10% and we gave it back to him because it was his, he will take care of the rest of it in our lives. We don't have to worry about it. We can just rest and trust and know, man, you know what? He told me if I, if I would honor him in my 10, the, the, 90, the other 90%, it's gonna be enough. And if it's not enough, he's gonna supply the need. He's gonna, he's gonna cause more to come in. He's gonna change my job. He's gonna move me to a different position that gets paid more. He's gonna cause my crop to have more, you know, you know, more outcome than the other guy next door. He's gonna cause it to rain on my, my crop when nobody else is getting rained on. I mean, he will bless us in ways that we don't realize if we will just steward what it is that he's given to him, to us, our life, everything. God, we should be getting up every morning. God, what everything is yours. When, you're, when our feet hit the floor, everything is yours. I'll give it away. I'll, I'll do whatever it is that you tell me to do because it's not mine, it's yours. And that's what being a wise steward is. It's our responsibility. And I mean to tell you, until we get a hold of that, we will not live our best. He want, wisdom wants us to live our best. But again, it comes back to, are we teachable? That's what his word teaches. It teaches the principle of a wise steward. And we can disregard it. We can act like it's not there. But guess what? It's there. And so he wants you to be blessed in your life. And so we have to be a wise steward. Jesus said, and the last thing he told us to do is to be a wise servant. Jesus reminds us in Matthew 24, it says that people didn't realize what was going on. This is just another story, another parable that Jesus told. Get, get a load of this. People didn't realize what was going on, going to happen until the flood came. This is Jesus talking. He's talking about the flood. He said, People didn't realize what was going on and it swept them away. This is the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. Two men will be working together in a field. One will be taken, the other will be left. A woman will be grinding flour in the mill, the other one will be left. So you too must keep watch, for you don't know what day the Lord is coming. A faithful, sensible, wise servant is the one to whom the master can give responsibility in managing his household um, servants and feeding them. And if a master returns and finds them, so it's, a, it's the same story. So in one story, it's like, are you a wise steward? And now Jesus is saying, are you a wise servant? And so are we taking care of you know, the, the kingdom of God, Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God and all the other things will be added unto you. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is his church in this earth. So are we taking care and are we stewarding what it is that he has given to us? Are we serving people? We just got uh, done uh, celebrating uh, uh, Johnny Richardson. Live the life, the, live the life of serving other people. His, he said he got up in the morning and, and his purpose was to make people happy. That is a wise servant. 
We need to be the same way, man. Lord, I'm just going to be a wise servant. I'm going to do what Jesus told me to be. I'm going to be a wise servant, serving his people, serving his church, putting him first, seeking first the kingdom of God, taking care of the body of Christ. I'm going to do my job to, to, and, and fulfill my purpose in the local church. I'm going to love on people that need encouragement. I'm going to encourage them. I'm going to pray with them. I'm going to give them money if they need money. I'm going to just, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that the house of God and the kingdom of God is growing. It's flourishing. It's, it's strong because he's coming back and he's going to ask us, what did you do? I'm going to be found as a wise servant. Our church is going to be found as a wise servant serving, helping, and, 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 and building the kingdom of God. We're not gonna let people pass by. We're not gonna just you know, show up and do our thing. We're gonna be a church that's alive. And the church that's alive is a church that is serving, serving the communities, serving the people that we w- work with, serving as we go out these doors. All this is, man, is a, is a rally. We're just supposed to, you know, like get, get the vision, get the understanding, and then we're going out. We're going out into the world. We're taking the gifts that God has given to us and we are sharing them with other people. We're not silent. When people come in into our lives, it's not by coincidence, it's not by happenstance. No, you've been sent. You're a representative of him. So you have to act like that and be confident in that. It's like, you know, I don't know what to say. No, you know, you'll know what to say, open up your mouth. I just, I just came across this little card that this guy, back when I was in high school, and he wrote this little card to me because when we were in, at state track one year, uh, we were, I was with some upperclassmen and they started talking about, not, I don't know, kind of the things of God and being saved and all that. I don't even really remember what the conversation was. I don't even remember what I said. But you know what he said? He said it was on that night that he gave his heart to Christ. And I, and, I, and I think to myself, I don't know what I said, but he used what I said to touch somebody else's life. And so we have to go through life not thinking we don't have what we need. No, we have everything we need. And no matter how non-eloquent you think you are or your ability, I can't do that. No, you can just open up your mouth. You, you can talk about all kinds of other stuff. Just start talking about God and what it is that you do know about God. Talk about his goodness. Talk about what Jesus has done. Say, you know, sputter out what it is that you do know and let the Holy Spirit take off with what it is that you don't know and speak to that person's life and heart. That's being a wise servant. So lastly, if you read that scripture, number four question is, how will you be found how will you be found? If you read that, I don't know, NIV, NLT, doesn't matter. It says that the, serv- or the, the master comes back to the servants. Some of the servants are found being faithful. And so today in closing, as you, as you leave here today, ask these questions to yourself. If you'll ask these que- so, the, yourself these questions, it will help you when it comes to wisdom. It'll help you with, with, with where it is that he wants you to go but I want to be found faithful. And I hope that you do too. That when he comes and he returns, man, we're, we're joined together with him. Man, it's going to be awesome. But man, I'm not going to be found like, just sitting around, chilling out, doing my own thing, living for myself. Nah, man, I want to be found faithful. I want to be found as a wise, a wise steward, a wise servant. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we just come before you today. 
We are so thankful for your word. So thankful. We're thankful, Father, for your wisdom. We do. We value your word to us. And so today, Father God, as as I've spoken, I believe that the Holy Spirit has been speaking to people's lives. He's been speaking to people today, specifically, about things that they need to change, that they need to adjust. Because we know that your word, you want us to live well. And so in an effort to help us to live well, the Spirit of God is speaking to us about things that need to be changed and addressed. And so God, I just pray that as they're sitting there, that they would not dismiss what it is that that the Holy Spirit is saying to them, but that they would remember it and that they would uh, hold it close, that they would write it down, that they would look more into it, that they would seek you more about what it is that you're telling them. God, I pray that you just strengthen them in that endeavor. Help them, Father, to, to prevail. If they've, if they've been struggling, if they've, if they've not had victory like they want, Father God, I just pray, Lord, that they would, they would see victory. They'd see a, 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 a change and overcome in that area of their life. I thank you, Father God, for what it is that you wanna do in this house, in these people, in these families, in these marriages. God, I thank you that you are doing that today. What is only that you can do, Father. Thank you, Father. God, I pray for our church. And Father, there's a responsibility that each and every one of us have, and I just pray, Lord, that you would help each and every one of us to live with what it is that Jesus told us to do, to be that wise builder, to be that wise steward, to be that wise servant. And Father, I know that as we all do our part, as we do our part as individuals and as a, as a, as a body of believers and as a family, God, I know, I know, because your word promises us, Father, that as we're faithful in those, those little things in life, those little things in life, Father, you'll, you'll, you'll add to it, you'll add to it, you'll add to our marriages, you'll add to our homes, you'll add to, to uh, um, our supply in our homes, everything that we need. We'll have more than enough to be a blessing. As church, Father God, we'll have all that we need to, 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 to sow, to sow into ministries, ministries that we may not even know about, but just beyond the walls of this house, Father, I thank you that you are helping us to, as we faithfully steward what it is that you've given to us, that we will be a conduit for what it is that you wanna do in this earth today, whether in relationships, whether it's in you know sowing and giving, Father God, all to honor you, all to be found as, as faithful, found faithful, found faithful. I thank you, Father, that you're helping us to be found faithful. If, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if there's anybody in here and you uh, are, are far from the Lord, today is the day to get right with him. Get, get close back to him. There's no shame in, in getting back to him. And so if you're that person and you find yourself maybe condemned and, and feeling bad and feeling away, today is the day to get back to him. Just say, God, I, I, I need you. If there's anybody in here, just raise up your hand real quick. I see those hands, awesome. Anybody else? Anybody else that, that you're far from the Lord? Or maybe you've never given your heart to Christ and you wanna give your heart to him today. Today is the day, is there anybody in here? Okay, awesome. I see those hands. All right. We're gonna pray with these people that have raised their hands. 
And I just want you, you know, if you didn't raise your hand to just mean it with your heart, and we're gonna pray with this, uh, with these people to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior, amen? Repeat after me, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your son Jesus, who was sent for us. And today, we just repent of what it is that we've been doing. We thank you for your love and your forgiveness in our lives. Be the Lord of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, if you raise your hand, when we dismiss, we have a prayer team that meets right down here, and I want you to come down and, and talk with them. They have some resources that they can give you. They can, they, can, they can put some things in your hand that will help you walk out what it is that, that, that he has for you. Amen? And I mean to tell you, your life will never be the same. And so I'd encourage you to go down there. They'll be right over here, right after service, and uh, uh, you'll be blessed by doing that. Amen? Amen. Well, hey, how many of you guys get something out of today? You guys going to go out and, and, and live with wisdom and live well? Amen. Well, hey, go ahead and stand up. Greet those that are around you. I encourage you to stop by the small group table out there and sign up to be a part. And if you want to uh, host, sign up or talk to myself or Gala. We would really appreciate it. And uh, you guys are f dismissed to go. Have a great afternoon. We'll see you Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Have a great afternoon.